his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Studios. This is the American Gun Show, presented by Sig Sauer. Now your host, the defender of your rights, and the voice of freedom, Jason Reed. And welcome in to the American Gun Show, right here from the Freedom of Five One or Five One Five Studios, right here from North Jetson, Indiana. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Of course, I'm still coming to you from the satellite studio if you want to call it that <laughs> but we got a lot that we are going to be talking about tonight uh we're going to answer some hate mail we got a lot to talk about involving uh gun control out of chicago and all kinds of things like that uh but i'm going to start off with some press releases but before i do that i'm going to welcome in my guest the voice of reason nick messer nick how you doing today buddy all right taking a big old uh shot right there huh yeah i wasn't prepared for that i thought i had a couple more seconds <laughs> all right so i want to start off with some press releases that came out of the second amendment foundation and this is literally uh the people at the second amendment foundation alan gottlieb all of them are doing just fantastic work as always but ever since the buren decision they have been working pretty much straight overtime and they just cannot seem to get any kind of a break. Uh, so we're going to start off with this press release. Uh, attorneys with the Second Amendment Foundation and several partners have filed a federal lawsuit in and injunction relief in the case challenging the constitutionality of California's law prohibiting gun shops, sporting goods stores, and any firearms industry member from advertising, marketing, or arranging for placement any firearms-related product in the matter that is designed, intended, or reasonably appears to be attractive to a minor. It's a First Amendment case known as Junior Sports Magazine Incorporated versus Bonta. Joining SAF in the motion is the California Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, the California or foundation, I'm sorry, gun owners of California, California youth sporting uh, shooting sports foundation, Redlands, California youth clay and shooting incorporation and junior sports magazines. The statute in question identifies as AB 2571 throughout the complaint and signed into law June 30th clearly focuses on any firearms industry member in its prohibition which violates not only the First Amendment, but also the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause plaintiffs contend. The First Amendment protects commercial speech that promotes legal products and services, noted founder and executive president Alan Gottlieb. He said, quote, you simply 
cannot single out people engaged in a legal business enterprise and forbid them from advertising or promoting their products just because you don't like them. That's what this case is about. Now, what this means here and what Alan's talking about is on June 30th, Gavin Newsom, Gruesome Newsom, signed into law. Basically, it's supposed to be like a marketing thing towards minors, but in Indebted in that or embedded in that bill is that teaching a minor at a gun safety course against the law. If a child attends a competition shooting event that's against the law, that's what is happening here. So, and this is a legal practice. This is not anything that's been banned by the government. It's a legal business. And this does violate the First and Fourteenth Amendment, right? Well, and not only that, but it it does more than just hurt, you know, uh, FFLs and so on and so forth. Um, that provides restriction that a minor is not able to do a hunter's education course in order to get their hunting license to go hunting when they're under the age of eighteen. Um, that also prohibits. Uh, uh, you know, like the scouts and 4-H from doing firearms related safety and handling, you know, so it's not going to just be that, you know, we need, you have to understand that the way this law is written, it's not just gun shops. It's not just gun manufacturers that this is actually targeting. This is actually making it harder for a lot of other groups that do a lot of good. Basically, anything that has to do with the firearms industry, whether it be scouts, magazines, um, any, any kind of media, basically what we're doing right now, um, if a minor was watching this in California because we support gun rights, and we are in California, by the way, yeah. Um, if they're listening to this program or they're watching this program, uh, they, they could literally, it could be a criminal case. Right. And what Alan Gottlieb's doing on behalf of all of us that are in the media and in the firearms industry is saying, look, you're violating our First Amendment right. Absolutely. By trying, you're violating our First Amendment right in order to get at our Second Amendment right. But again, we saw this was going to happen. Right. Right after the Buren case. We knew that we knew this was coming. We knew this was going to happen, that they were going to pass all kinds of goofy, stupid laws like this. And you know, it's no surprise that Gavin Newsom that this happened, that he did this. Well, and, and, and it's a logical next step. You know, how many times, how many times have we seen well, as soon as they pass gun control, what's the very next thing that they do? They go after the First Amendment immediately. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely right. All right. Second notice that came out from the, se uh, the Second Amendment Foundation. Uh, the notice states, as plaintiffs had argued, text and history and tradition are all points uniform, uniformly in the case towards 18 to 20 year olds having equal rights to other adults with respect to firearms, including the right to purchase them. And the government has not pointed to any specific rooted historical restrictions that would take this case outside the scope of the Second Amendment protections. Alan Gottlieb said, quote, the high court's ruling in Buren clearly opens a lot of doors in our pursuit of gun rights. And in this case, this is one of them. The case is known as Reitz versus the BFT or BAF or BATFE. Sorry, a little dyslexia there. 
As explained in the notice, the standard bearing the standard bearing established for Second Amendment challenges was precisely the standard in which plaintiffs argued in their beliefs on their motion for summary judgment. When the Second Amendment's plain text covers an individual con. Uh, an individual's conduct, the Constitution preemptively protects that conduct. The government must then justify its regulatory by demonstrating it is consistent with national history tradition of firearms regulations. Gottlieb continued on, said, we're continuing to look back at several cases to determine what courses of action can be followed. The importance of the Buren decision cannot be overstated. So what uh, Alan Gottlieb saying here, because I did get a chance to talk with him earlier today, is that we know that there are several states that have laws on the books that um, you can't purchase a gun until you're 21, long gun or handgun. Of course, we know there's a federal uh, restriction that you have to be 21 to buy a handgun. Under the Buren decision, which Clarence Thomas stated, there has to be historical reference to why this restriction should be upheld. So where is the historic reference that 18 to 20 uh, to 21 year olds are not considered legally adults? Right. I mean, they, they are held as legal adults in every other aspect other than their Second Amendment rights. And I mean, Trey Dowdy, Trey Gowdy in, 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 at that Senate hearing, you know, he he flat out asked the person, where is an example of us treating any other right the same way we treat the Second Amendment. What other right do we have that lies under the same restrictions or similar restrictions to the to exercising your Second Amendment right? There isn't one. You can't answer that question because there is not one. Alan uh, truly believes, and I think he's on to something here, uh, which, of course, this is why Alan Gottlieb is the great Alan Gottlieb. There's a reason he's been doing this for 40 years. He's got more skin in the game than you and me could ever imagine to have. Oh, I'm sure. And the thing is, is that he's looked at this and said, hey, you know what? I think we got a pretty good shot at winning this case. Mm-hmm. So it's going into the uh, Fifth Circuit of Appeals in Louisiana. So we'll see how that turns out. And we're definitely going to keep our our eyes on this. But, um, you know, Alan believes that there's several cases that they may have lost. Uh, before the Buren decision, and now they have the ability to go back and revisit some of those. So I think that this is this could be Buren could be the, <laughs> I guess we could call it the uh, opening of the floodgates, perhaps for getting back gun rights in this country that um, people like Gruesome Newsome and the others had taken away from us. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the 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 Dobbs decision in the Bruin case, I think those signal the fact that we have a Supreme Court that has finally decided that it's going to take up the mantle of authority that it actually does have, you know, and it's starting to 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 kind of get the momentum going and looking at some of these cases that are coming before it and going and, you know, and understanding that, you know, how the constitution works you know we've talked about the you and i have talked off air about the supremacy clause and how um what that essentially does is is that lays the the protection protecting those those rights in the bill of rights 
that we have those amendments to the constitution that's that falls under the authority of the federal government to protect so it's the federal government's job to protect the first amendment it's and the second third so on and so forth and that's wherein the authority for the supreme court comes in the supreme court can look at a state and say no you can't do this this is unconstitutional and we have a supreme court that's going to do this what was it like a decade and a half 15 years but that the, the, since the the Supreme Court had touched a, a, a Second Amendment case, it's been about eleven years. The last Second Amendment case that was taken was the uh, McDonald versus Chicago. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking and that about was back it. in two thousand ten. Yeah, so we're talking 12 years now since they've taken one up, and it's about time that they got on board on, you know, actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, let's keep in mind here. Um, Clarence Thomas made it clear. Uh, two years ago when the Supreme Court kept punting, refusing cert to Second Amendment cases. And then when Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Coney Barrett got on there, they had the votes to say, because, you know, you never knew exactly where Kennedy was going to go. You didn't know exactly where Justice Roberts was going to go. And all it takes is those two going with the three uh, liberal justices on the Supreme Court to say, no, we're not going to take a Second Amendment case. That's right. all it took. Now that you have Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch on there with Thomas, now all they need is um, oh, who's the uh, those are four. I'm trying to think of the other the other conservative justice other than Alito. Uh, Alito, that's who Alito, mm-hmm. and Alito goes with it. Justice Roberts can side with the liberals, and they'll st- they're still going to take the case. So, I mean, this is this is big for uh, Second Amendment supporters like us, right? Well, and I, I, I like to be to be completely clear, you know, I do not believe that that Kavanaugh, uh, ACB, um, those two at least, uh, I do not I would not call them conservative. I believe that they are that they believe and understand what the authority of the Supreme Court is it is for. And and that's the way they look at it. I, well, you, you have to remember when you went when you go back into and you look at their confirmations because I, I watched both confirmations of ACB and Kavanaugh, and they were asked what is your judicial philosophy, and they both said we follow the Constitution. Right, which is what the Supreme Court is supposed to do, all, and that's all you needed to hear from them. Mm-hmm. You know, we we will interpret we will interpret the law as the constitution is written, not that we're going to interpret the constitution to the way we want it to be. Right. I mean, you had Ruth Bader Ginsburg who Amy Coney Barrett replaced and she made the argument in the McDonald case that, well, it says, well, regulated militia. We don't have militias anymore in this country. So the second amendment doesn't apply anymore. Which is and, actually, which is actually false, but that's which is point. 100% false. Mm-hmm. But, that, but you see that right there is what, what these liberal justices are doing. Now, remember right. we talk about, uh, Soda Mayor. She said that when she was asked, what do you believe about the second amendment? She says, well, uh, I, I'll follow the precedents that Heller set and I'm going to follow the constitution. And yet she's voted against every second amendment case that's ever come before the court. Right. I would say that like Gorsuch, Alito, ACB, and so on and so forth, I would call them conservative out of default because they're not liberal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. All right, folks, we're going to step away for timeout. When we get back, we got a lot more show to go through. 
Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. If you're looking for a great firearm, Sig Sauer is a great place to start. Sig is the makers of the P320 and the P365. In fact, the P320 has replaced the M9 as the sidearm of the United States Army. But Sig just doesn't make pistols. Oh no, they make shotguns, bolt-action rifles, and semi-automatic rifles, all to fit your firearm's needs. And if you're looking for training, well, you can sign up for the Sig Sauer Academy. Visit SigSauer.com to browse firearms or sign up for training. That's SigSauer.com. Sig Sauer. Never settle. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org, where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. This is Erin, founder of Freedom 515, and you're listening to The American Gun Show. Now back to Jason Reeve. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Of course, Nick Messer, the voice of reason, is joining us. Uh, Nick, what would you would you say that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, they should keep that name, or do you think they should really change it? You mean the American Civil Liber- Liberal Union? So in other words, they should probably change their name, huh? Yeah, yeah, I don't. They they pick and choose what direction they want to go in. Right. <clears throat> so, now, now, of course, if you know your history like I do, the ACLU was all about protecting our civil liberties, which correct. when you say civil liberties, you mean all of the rights that the Bill of Rights gives us. Right. All the Bill of Rights to the Constitution. This is what the ACLU is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be protecting those rights. However, just as Nick pointed out, they get to pick and choose what rights they really want to protect. And the ACLU, excuse me, the ACLU has never been a friend of the Second Amendment. No. They might have been way back in the day when they were first... Uh, uh, you know, started, but they're not anymore. And recently the ACLU took aim at the Supreme court after the turn wrapped up and they called the Supreme court quote radical. 
Yeah, they they called mm-hmm. it radical. Uh, the Supreme Court struck down New York's restricted restrictions on concealed carry and in, eroded the legal basis for gun regulations, ruling that the states could, can regulate guns today if they can point to similar laws in the 18th and 19th century, even though the threat of gun violence today differs mar- differs from those eras. Justice Kavanaugh and Roberts made clear in the majority opinion, however, that in their view, states can impose various prerequisites before granting a public carry permit, including background checks and training requirements, as long as they don't restrain licensing uh, officials. And that it's uh, also not left up to certain people to decide whether you get it or not. Now, the New York Civil Liberties Union and the ACLU submitted an amicus brief in the case arguing that the unregulated carrying of weapons in public undermines the sense of safety required for an open, healthy democracy that states and local governments have long imposed strict regulations on carrying guns in public. The ACLU, uh, well, we'll, we'll do a little commentary on that before I continue on. So... It's basically the ACLUs using the same talking points that the gun control groups do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I almost forgot. I want to point this out. Uh, last segment, we were talking about the ban of gun industries talking to minors in California. Right. Do you, do you know who's not banned from talking to minors? Who? All of the gun control groups. Oh, really? Yeah. So well, that my- seems a little one-sided. Yeah, well, there, there's, it's by design, yeah. but uh, I just wanted to put that in there. So the ACLU is saying that the Supreme Court's decision undermines safety and it undermines uh, the state and the uh, the local level's authority. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but um, isn't the Second Amendment a federal thing? Yes. I kind of touched on that on the last segment. So... Realistically, because the Constitution delegates the authority to the federal government, it's not a state's right issue. No, no. The Second Amendment, the, the Second Amendment is delegated because it is s- specifically delegated in the United States Constitution as a Bill of Rights right with the Supremacy Clause. That makes it the jurisdiction of the federal government, not the states. The Tenth Amendment does not apply at that point. So the ACLU's arguing public safety. Well, what did I do? You remember the number of people I said that got shot in Democrat cities over Fourth of July weekend? Yeah, it was over two hundred. Yeah, so I would think that um, gun control is undermining the safety of public. Uh, we're going to touch on that a little later in the show because uh, the mayor of Highland Park's running her mouth. So we're going to yeah. touch on that a little later. Um, I got some things about that too. Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. Well, I, I think it, you know it's probably time for the ACL to change, change your name. They've been walking this fine line for years, and they can't claim to be civil liberties if they're not for all of them. Correct. Now, the ACLU has evolved in the years since the small group of idealists into the nation, uh, the nation's premier defense for rights enshrined by the Constitution. They have 1.7 million members, 500 staff attorneys, thousands of volunteer attorneys, and offices throughout the nation. 
They continue to fight the government for their abuse and their overreaching freedoms, including speech and religion, women's right to choose, the right to due process, citizens' rights and to privacy, and much more. The ACLU stands up for the rights even when the cause is unpopular and sometimes when nobody else will. That's what the ACL should be about. But now the ACLU, uh, they stand up for things like... Uh, you know, stuff that aren't constitutional rights and they stand up against things that actually are constitutional rights. Right. I mean, it's, it's just completely insane. You know what we're doing that the supposed, um, ACLU is coming out and saying, well, wait a second. You can't, I mean, they must've been talking to uh, Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris said, well, when they overturned the Buren, when they overturned New York's right, it was down. She said it was downright unconstitutional. Yeah. Now, granted, now granted I'm, I'm throwing a huge, I'm throwing a bone here. Kamala Harris is a lawyer, right? She's some kind of smart. I mean, she didn't get where she was at from being an idiot. No. So, being that she's a lawyer, she should know better than anyone else that those rules in New York were unconstitutional. Well, and I mean, you, you have to. Here's the thing: uh, she's using an appeal to authority fallacy. She's trying to say, "I have a law degree, so what I'm saying is right." You no, know? that's not where, that's not where I was going with that. What I, what I'm saying is, is that she, being a lawyer, you have to be some kind of smart to become a lawyer. And what I'm saying is, is that she flat out lied and knew she was lying. Well, of course she did. Of course she did. So. So, of course she did. I mean, they there were, you know, she come out, and, and this is the interesting thing about Kamala Harris. She said that the Supreme Court upholding the Second Amendment to the Constitution was unconstitutional, but taking away a constitutional right that the constitutional did, Constitution did not guarantee protection of. Right. I mean, you can't, I mean, she can't. And then of course she does her little. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and, 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 that, and that's the point that I'm making. She's trying to make an appeal to authority. She's trying to say, I know these things because I'm a lawyer and I have a degree. You should just trust me, hoping that people will be dumb enough to believe her. Well, as and we unfortunately know, there, are there are, as we know, there are people in America that are dumb because I got the emails to prove it. Um, right. I've, I've got the emails to prove it from our last show that people are this dumb. Uh, I kind of want to switch gears here a little bit because this was, this was really interesting. This was kind of breaking today. And I don't know if you've seen any reports on this or not. Um, their Democrats are starting to complain to the media now that Joe Biden better not run in 2024. Really? He's too old. He's they're showing that what they're basically saying is what we already knew. This is a mm-hmm. feeble old man who is in decline. Yeah. I mean, he was doing a speech the other day, reading from the teleprompter, and he actually said, end quote. Right. From the teleprompter. He, he actually read from the teleprompter, repeat last line. Repeat last line, and and I mean, he can't even stand up on a bike. Right. I mean, that was that was not like he was riding and he had an issue with the chain or something. And he he was stopped 
both feet were on the ground and he fell over. I mean, to be honest with you, I always thought that if you were showing signs of dementia, that the 25th Amendment would be invoked. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Uh, I mean, God help after us. Midterms. God help us if that happens. Um, then, you know, if they were to do it now, we'd have President Kamala Harris. So, I right. mean, what Joe Biden has referred to her as uh, Kamala Harris. But several Democrats have come out and then basically said that the Biden administration is, quote, rudderless. I, I would agree to that. And I mean, it's it's very interesting. So they started, OK, they started polling Democrats for their presidential candidate for 2024. There were three names on that list. Right now, Gavin Newsom is the front runner. Mm -hmm. J.B. Pixner, the governor of Illinois, is in second place. And God help us all, in third place. HRC. Nope. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC. Listen, when we get there, I'm going to absolutely destroy Pritzker. Well, I don't think Pritzker's not going to win anything out of Illinois. I mean, let, let's just be honest there. I am, and I don't think Gavin Newsom has what it takes to get across the finish line. AOC is the one that concerns me because AOC has the ability to relate to younger people. And she has this way to build, you, you know, get people to start following her. I don't know why they do, but she does. She just. She has, she does have charisma. I will give her that much. I mean, maybe, maybe she's got enough. She might get a, she might have enough charisma to, to get out in front on the Democrat party, but she doesn't have, I don't not, not after following Biden. She ain't got enough charisma to cover that. She's not going to win. I mean, I can't see Ocasio-Cortez winning a general election, but getting the Democrat nomination, I can kind of see that. Uh, I would have to look it up. I'll do that on our break, but I'm not entirely sure that she's even eligible. She will be in 2024. She will be 35 in 2024. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because I know you got to be. You. It's either 35 or 45. 35. Is it 35? Yep. Yeah. Uh, she is eligible. She would be eligible in 2024. But like I said, you know, and of course we're still two and a half years away from that. So, you know. We'll have to wait and see, but she does kind of check all the political I, identity politics that they all want. Woman right. Of, woman of color, uh, my uh, Hispanic background. I mean, we'll see, but I mean, it's just kind of interesting that they're saying they're literally saying, yeah, Joe, yeah, you did what you did your purpose. You got Trump out of here. Now we're done with you funny story they actually asked trump about it and he and he's defending biting he says life doesn't even start till you're 80 <laughs> well I'd say, <laughs> I'd say he's, he's definitely past that for sure all right folks we're going to take a time out we'll be right back after this looking for a new firearm but don't know where to start well look no further than taurus taurus has a variety of firearms from revolvers to semi-automatics these firearms include the defender 856 the G2C, the all-new G3, and the TX22 2019's Guns and Ammo Handgun of the Year. 
Taurus firearms are reliable and reasonably priced. Go to TaurusUSA.com to browse their selection of firearms. Taurus firearms, designed to protect them. Hello, Jason Reeve here, and as a veteran, I know the struggle of being discharged from the military and readjusting to civilian life. Unfortunately, this is a battle that many of our veterans have to face. Suicide rates among veterans are 22 a day and are likely to climb. That is why the American Gun Show is a supporter of Mission 22. Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to healing our American veterans when they need it the most, right now. Mission 22 offers treatment for post-traumatic stress syndrome and traumatic brain injury and all other issues our veterans are facing today. Visit Mission 22 to donate. Mission 22, when their tour is over, our mission begins. Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. As a veteran, I thought I knew a lot about guns until I joined the USCCA. I then realized how much I didn't know about guns or concealed carry. The training I got from the USCCA not only helped my marksmanship, but also my decision making and my confidence. If you are in need of this life-saving training, it's simple. All you have to do is go to uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Visit uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And we are going to talk about Highland Park right now. Um, <laughs> Nick, uh, do you know what the body count for Lori Lightfoot was this weekend in Chicago? Mm, uh, I do not know off the top of my head, but I'm going to guess that it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 70. No, it was not as bad as for the July weekend. 28 people were shot in the city of Chicago over okay. this weekend. So again, another mass shooting in Chicago, because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just going to play, I'm just going to play words like the left does. Uh, so another, um, another mass shooting in the city of Chicago over the weekend. 28 people shot. You, did you hear the media covering it? Are they covering it like Highland Park? No. Okay. Actually, uh, CNN asked Governor Pritzker about that. Oh, about not uh, dealing with the... Uh, yeah. Why, why, why is Highland Park such a high priority? Yeah. What did Pitzner have to say for, about that? Um, he... Uh, him hawed around about it gave the typical political response. We don't believe that it's getting, we're giving it more attention than anything else, blah, 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 blah. And just flat out denied it. But wow. he, all, but he also said that the, the firearm used in that particular shooting was more powerful than the firearms that even the police carry. 
<laughs> well, they're right about handgun calipers, but that's that's about the only thing he was right on. Uh, the Highland Park mayor signed an assault weapons ban in 2013. So the gun that was used was an MMP Sport 2 Smith & Wesson brand AR-15 style rifle. And of course, uh, well, it was banned in Highland Park. So that, that should have stopped it. Right. I mean, but then of course, being the good Chicago Democrat that the Highland Park mayor is, she blamed Indiana and Missouri for Which is what not where it came from. For what happened in Highland Park. It was right. Indiana and Missouri's fault. That's why we have the problems we have. The gun was legally bought in Illinois. Right. I don't know how much I, I don't know even every major news outlet has confirmed that. Right. So I don't know why people keep writing in on Discord and emailing me saying that it's Indiana's fault when clearly it's not because we have we have stated numerous times for years now that Indiana will not sell to Illinois residents, particularly the counties in northwest Indiana that are closest to Chicago. You can't even come to a gun show in Illinois or with an Illinois driver's license and purchase a gun because everybody at the gun show will tell you no. So, I mean, once again, it is, it is just the, the typical, we can't admit that our policies failed. So we're just going to point the finger at somebody else. Right. And then Lake County state's attorney pushes for gun controls that are already exist in Illinois. A.W.R. Hawkins pointed this out. Uh, Eric Reinhardt announced charges against the Highland Park shooting suspect, then pushed for gun controls that already exist in Illinois and Highland Park. He announced seven murder charges against the shooting suspect and praised Illinois' red flag law. Hours after the horrendous attack, Breitbart News noted that it happened despite Illinois' red flag law, a red flag law, and numerous other gun controls. In addition to praising his state's red flag law, he called for an assault weapons ban. Highland Park banned him back in 2013. And additionally, Illinois has a licensing system for gun owners. They have to get a FOID card issued by the Illinois State Police. And you also have to go through universal background checks in the state of Illinois now. So, (laughs) So with him calling for an assault weapons ban, and he's the state's attorney. Shouldn't he already know that? You you would expect. I mean, I I would think that he would know. You know that his own county has an assault weapons ban. Right. Uh, as far as the, I mean, th- this just goes to show you how stupid these people are. Well, we need an assault weapons ban. You have one. Right. What What are we gonna? Re, how do you? Can you ban? An assault weapons ban? You know, you know. Can you double up on a law? Not as far as I know. I, I don't know if you can either. I do want to talk about the red flag law for a second because we talked about just how bad <laughs> the red flag mm-hmm. law system is uh, for violating due process, and the fact that there was a clear and present danger report out on this guy, and yet the Illinois State Police still gave him a FOID card three months later. So the red flag laws that he's praising did nothing to stop it because this guy had been uh, approached by the police numerous times. 
And yet he was still allowed by the government. Now, keep in mind, folks, I'm telling you, allowed by the government to acquire a firearm. Right. You know, because you know, in Illinois, you have to ask the government for permission to exercise your rights. Now, in any sense of that, would I be wrong to say this smells like a setup? I mean, I, I get what you're saying, especially since, you know, once again, I'm going to go back to Pritzker and this same interview. I just watched the interview, not 45 minutes prior to coming on the show here. He they see it. And this is even CNN. They asked even CNN asked him some pretty tough questions. OK, um, they asked him about the red flag law. Why wasn't he red flagged? And his his response was, well, there wasn't enough evidence. To red flag him. Nick, in states like New York and California, what does it really take to get red flagged? Accusation. Okay, that's true. But okay, if I was to go to California and let's just say the subway owner screwed up my sandwich and I said to him, I'm going to kill you. That that would be enough. Yeah, that would be enough. And the reason I bring that up, folks, is because that's what this guy did. He -hmm. said he was going to kill his family. Mm -hmm. He threatened suicide. What do they always tell us about red flag laws? Well, we're going to keep guns out of the hands of people that shouldn't have them. And if they're mentally ill and contemplating suicide, this is a great tool to help people from committing suicide. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. But yet the government allowed this guy to get a gun. Right. So that's where I'm coming with. This sounds like a setup. The thing that makes it kind of sound like a setup to me is the fact that um, he tried to get away. Well, I mean, he's a loot. I mean, obviously, this guy's mentally disturbed because he's up on a rooftop dressed as a woman shooting at people. And then he tried- wasn't he wasn't dressed as a woman when he when he committed the crime. He dressed yes, he as was. a woman. Yeah, yeah, he was. That much, what I didn't read that in the any of the articles and any of the reports, but I do know he was dressed as a woman in order to to, to escape. You know, oftentimes, uh, like ninety nine percent of these mass shootings, the mass shooter um, does not intend to survive the situation. No, you know why he intended to survive? Why? Because he planned another mass shooting in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Uh, this this came directly from the police report because he confessed to dressing up as a woman and shooting into the crowd because nobody would, you know, believe that a woman would shoot into a crowd. And, and then he confessed to uh, planning another mass shooting in Wisconsin. But he had to. He, the only reason why they caught him is because he went back to, to to see to to see the result. Well, yeah, it's like some it's like some whacked out serial killer. You know how they always go back to right. Right. This size the spot where they did their crime. This does not sound said. This does not sound like you're. This does not fit the mo of a typical mass shooter. This this person acted like a serial killer, not a mass shooter. Yeah, this was different. And, I mean, you know, the last two mass shooters that I know that have been caught. Well, actually, there's been four. I, I take that back. There's been four people that have been caught. Was El Paso, the Buffalo shooter, Parkland, and now this guy. And, so, and, and and to be honest, in those particular situations in which they were caught, 
it was they were caught by because of rapid law enforcement response. Well, yeah, but what like we've always said before, mass shootings tend to end the minute that another gun comes into play. Right. You know, when the police show up or an armed citizen or whatever, and when they see somebody has the ability to fight back, that's when they typically either off themselves or they do suicide by cop. Right. As a matter of fact, there was an actual self-defense situation in Chicago this weekend. I don't know if you saw the reports on that, but there was a there was some, there was a, a person who actually managed to have a concealed carry permit. Yeah, there. John, I think we lost them. I think we lost them. Let's see if we. Yeah, I think we lost Nick there for a second. We're going to. Uh... We'll see if we can get him back. Um, might have had it had an issue here with our connection, but we will see if we can get Nick back on the break, uh, which we got a minute to go. Uh, when we get back, folks, we are going to let Nick finish his point, but we're also going to talk about you know the big old slob uh, Michael Moore. He has plans too, so we'll be right back after this. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org, where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. Are you looking for an iconic firearm to add to your collection? Well, look no further than Beretta Firearms. Beretta is the oldest firearms manufacturer in the world, supplying firearms as far back as 1650. In fact, the Beretta 92FS was the primary sidearm for the U.S. Armed Forces. Beretta has all types of handguns, rifles, and shotguns to fit your needs, whether it be home defense or concealed carry. Handgun Options include the 92, PX4 Storm, and the new APX series. Beretta is known for reliability and effectiveness. That's why so many military and law enforcement have relied on Beretta. Visit Beretta.com to view their selections. Beretta, win the fight. A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series, have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle.
This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Foundation. Join or donate at saf.org. Now back to the defender of your gun rights, Jason Reed. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Nick, we lost connection with you, so if you yep. want to go ahead and finish your point that you were making before uh, we lost connection with you. Yeah, I had a, a big glitch in my internet connection. But anyway, um, you know, to be honest with you, I was paying attention to trying to fix this. I completely lost it, so we could just go ahead and move on. <laughs> All right, um, our favorite fat guy, uh, Michael Moore, uh came out and posted on his website. This is an article by, um, Jesus, criminy, how many chins does that guy have? Um, More than a Chinese phone book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, you, you want to, oh, you want us to get banned, don't you? Um, Aren't you still going for that strike on YouTube? I already got it. Oh, did um, you? Yeah, I already got it. I've been banned. I have been permanently banned from YouTube. Took me a while, but I finally got it done. Some of your content's uh, still there. Some of it is, but uh, as far as in relation to this this show, they will not allow me to uh, upload anything. So we'll we'll have to wait and see how that comes out. Uh, documented this by A.W.R. Hawkins that was out yesterday. Documentary filmmaker and gun control proponent Michael, I never found a donut I didn't like more, published his idea for a new Second Amendment. It featured a ban on all semi-automatic firearms. He announced his new amendment via Twitter. It said, quote, my version of the new amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would repeal and replace the Second Amendment. It's the 28th Amendment. According to his website, explaining that it would, in fact, replace the Second Amendment, Michael uh, Moore said his amendment erases any talk of the right to keep and bear arms, posting instead an inalienable right to keep safe from gun violence. The amendment outlines an in-depth background check that we require at gun purchases. In the article, it said, quote, All who would seek a firearm will undergo a strict vetting process with a thorough background check, including a written and confidential approval of family members, spouses, and ex-spouses, and or partners or ex-partners, co-workers, and neighbors. A mental health check would also be required. Moore's amendment would raise the minimum age to buy firearms from 18 and 21, respectively, to 25, and would put a one-month waiting period in place for that firearm. It would also mandate all gun owners go through licensing and gun registration requirements. The amendment bans all semi-automatic firearms and non-semi-automatic firearms that can hold more than six rounds. His amendment puts ammunition under a constitutional purview and makes clear that Congress will publish a list of firearms that are legal to own. The list of approved firearms would be regularly revisited by Congress as the number of banned firearms changes. It's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? No, not really. It's just straight authoritarian. Well, of course it's authoritarian, but I mean, for the sake of uh, making fun of Michael Moore, let's let's have some fun with this. Um, he doesn't make it very difficult. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and instead of having the right to keep and bear arms, we're going to repeal the Second Amendment and you have an inalienable right to be safe from gun violence. Hmm. It's interesting. Moreover, ban on any gun that can hold more than six, or I should say any uh, thing that's not a revolver 
that can hold six rounds or less. That's what you can have. That's basically what he's saying. You can have a revolver. You and not even all of them. No, because there are some revolvers that have seven, eight rounds. It has to be a six shot. You know, this just hit me. What is the one thing they always say about states that want to go constitutional carry? Uh, it'll be like the Wild West. Yeah. Um. What kind of guns did Wild West people have? Black powder, six shot revolver revolvers. Yeah. Isn't it? Is it? Oh, the irony is not lost on me on this one. No, they're trying to actually go back to the Wild West. <laughs> We're going to pass constitutional <laughs> carry. It's going to be the Wild West out here. My amendment would make sure that nobody can carry any revolver over six rounds. Right. That's what they had in the Wild West. Right. They didn't have 22 long rifle revolvers in the Wild West. No. They were those hold nine. No, they um they had the iconic Colt 45. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind owning one of them to be honest with you. Like but. like the, yeah, the Colt the the Colt Peacemaker. Yeah. Where the, the, the where where the where 45 ACP cartridge came from. Because like John Colt said, yeah. God made man, we made him equal. <laughs> you know, um, Michael Moore raised an illegal age to buy a firearm to um, 25. That, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're legally an adult at 18, but you legally can't own a firearm now if this amendment was to get passed. Once again, uh, this would be the only amendment that has that that kind of restriction to it. You know, and if we're going to go ahead and make that amendment, um, then this is what needs to happen. Then you're not legally legally an adult until the age of 25. Because I'm going to say this, and nobody, and and I can make this this argument easily, and that is being able to vote has much more ramifications to other people than owning a firearm does. Yeah. You're right. I, I mean, you you are 100% correct. I mean, you can't be... And, and, you know, I get people all the time that come in and say, uh, when I make that statement to them, that, you know, voting is a constitutional right, too. That's more dangerous than a gun. Well, no, it's not. When it When is voting for somebody ever got anybody killed? Really? Really? Mm-hmm. I mean... I can make a strong argument throughout history that voting got people killed. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, you know, the other point is, uh, how many people got killed by, uh, by, uh, free speech and, and words. I said, did you ever look up the Holocaust? Right. Did you ever look up Mao in China? Right. I mean, these were people that were handpicked by the people because don't get me wrong, these guys were charismatic leaders. They got people to follow them. And as right. you pointed out on this show several times, Nick, it wasn't the fact that Hitler killed the Jews, it was the fact that he got his people to be okay with it. Right. Because they voted for him. And then of course their vote, their vote got six million Jewish people killed in the Holocaust. Yeah, and if you want to talk about Mao, the people of China voted Mao in, and just like Hitler, 
once they got voted in, then they made the power all for themselves and he killed some 20 million people. Right. I mean, there's some argument who was worse, Mao or Stalin. So, I mean, that that's a debate for a completely different show. But the fact of the matter is, you're absolutely right. Voting has more consequence than a gun will ever have. Right. But you see, the reason why, and, and would you say that then, you know, like you pointed out, this is completely authoritarian, what Michael Moore is trying to, trying to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Secondly, th- this is the one that strikes me. Nick, have you ever, you ever known a family member you pissed off? Mm-hmm. Quite regularly. You ever piss off your mom and dad? Yeah, I've done that a time or two, yes. Yeah, ever piss off your wife, your kids? Daily. Yeah. So Michael Moore wants to make it you have to get a reference from family to own a gun. Right. Well, shoot, all it's going to take is you pissing off your wife and her saying, hey, I, hey, can you go ahead and write on this form? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The shooter in Highland Park had a reference from his father. I know. Uh, but what I'm what I'm trying to where I'm trying to go with this is, is that, OK, just like the red flag laws that we have in states where anybody can make it, mm-hmm. it's ripe for abuse. It is ripe for abuse. And then the point that I was making is they kind of have a similar system set up in Illinois and it doesn't work. Well, yeah, it, do, it doesn't work. But, you know, the fact that and there have been people that have wanted to try this. They, they've wanted to say, well, you need to get a reference from family. You need to get a, I, I bet you they're rethinking it now, considering the information that we learned out of Highland Park, but mm-hmm. they were like, oh, well, you know, you got to get a family reference. Well, okay. Would you say it's, have you ever lied for a brother or a sister? Uh, I can say that I do my best to not lie for my siblings. Um, but yeah, I could see that at, at one point in time in my life, I'm sure I have. Right. I know I have. I know, I know I've, you know, because what's our, what's our, our natural tendency. We protect our siblings. We protect our family. Right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that at some yeah. point in, time in our life, we've done that. So just like, again, the point you made about Highland Park. Okay. This guy's dad went and co-signed for his Floyd card. Right. And then a year later, two years later, his sons murdered eight people and shot 30 others at a 4th of July parade. Right. Yeah. It's Michael well, Moore. And, and, and once again, going back to Pritzker, could, this was like a, a, an 11 minute interview with Pritzker that started in Highland park with the shooting and ended up on abortion. So, um, we won't get into that particular part of it. Um, but, you know, Pritzker made the comment about it being an MP 15. He said, what does MP stand for? Military and police. Those are the only ones who should have them. That's an authoritarian ideal that yeah, only law the, enforcement should be armed. All right. Yeah. That's the the mayor of Philadelphia said the same thing that right. only uh, only cops should have guns. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, Nick. For the last two years, haven't every one of these Democrats that are saying that the police should be the ones with guns called every cop a racist. 
Right. Absolutely. I was going to go there. If you didn't, I was going to go there. You cannot tell me in one breath that the police are uh, racist and they are um, uh, perpetrating massive amounts of brutality on the American people, particularly in uh, minority neighborhoods. And then out the other side of your mouth, tell me they're the only ones who should be allowed to have firearms like that's just dumb. If they are some of the most brutal people in our country, then why are they the only ones that have firearms? Right. And as, and as I've made the statement before, if the cops are so racist, why wouldn't you want the African Americans and the Hispanic American communities armed? Right. I have, got, no, I have no protect, problem with that. They got to protect themselves from the racist cops. Right. I mean, absolutely. You can't, you folks, this is so stupid. You can't, you can't make this up. No, you, you cannot make this up. The, these people hate you so much. They hate your ability to exercise your second amendment, right? That they will come and be like, well, you know, the cops are racist and they're targeting black people and and then, well, the cops should be the only ones that are allowed to have guns. Wait a second. You just, got done telling me that every cop in America is racist. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, it, it really does. All right. Uh, moving on here. Uh, Lee Williams had a, a nice article out. Uh, Anti-gun senators blame UPS and other carriers for the epidemic of gun violence. Five Democratic senators released uh, re- recently sent an um omnibus letter to the United Parcel Service, the post office, and 27 other carriers blaming them for escalating gun violence rates. It said, quote, we are concerned that lax shipping security measures are contributing to the epidemic of gun violence in this country by allowing criminals to use stolen firearms to commit crimes. I'm going to say that again. By allowing criminals to use stolen firearms. Hmm. I was completely unaware that U.S. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service and FedEx and uh, you know all these other carriers are allowing this. Uh, <laughs> all right. So correct me if I'm wrong. The only time a firearm can pass through the mail system is if it goes from one FFL to another, correct? Or from a manufacturer to an FFL? To be completely honest with you, Nick, I don't even know if the Postal Service even does that. Now, I do know that FedEx and UPS, they do FFL to FFL, but here's the kicker. See, when the guns come in, because I knew where they were going, but there's, you know, these five senators, and I'm going to name them here in a second. They're so stupid that they don't understand how this works. I know how this works because, uh, I used to work on the railroad in Chicago. And do you know what happens in some of those rail yards? Or the when a train is stopped in the signal? Train, train cars right. are getting broken into by criminals. Right. And they find the car that's got all the guns in them. And guess what they do? They steal them. Right. Now, this is what these senators are trying to do. It's the whole, oh, well, you were wearing a skirt, so that's why you got raped. It's the whole, well, you shouldn't have left your keys in the car argument. 
Right. It's victim shaming. So the fact that criminals break into a rail car or a FedEx truck or whatever, because I I couldn't tell you exactly how guns are shipped from manufacturer to, you know, it. I I don't know off the top of my head. I I, I don't know how the manufacturers ship them. I do know that guns are traveled by rail car because when I worked on the railroad, the Canadian National Line in Chicago, South Chicago particularly, there have been engines that have been robbed at gunpoint because these people will jump up on the engine and make them stop the train. And it's, it's your modern day freaking Jesse James stuff. Right. But yet it's your fault. This is happening. It's your fault. You're not taking enough security measures. Now, I don't think I have to be, this might be an over-exaggeration here, but there's millions of rail miles in this country. Mm-hmm. At least. At so how, least. So how are you going to secure all millions of those rail tracks? Right. It's, well, and, it's and, and really, realistically speaking, the railroad in the United States has been federalized. So it's the federal government's fault this is happening. Yep. i mean am i wrong the fra is the one who is in trouble or who is in uh jurisdiction of the rail lines in this country that's the federal railroad railroad administration Mm -hmm. all right here are the five fantastic senators the smart ones and of course nick you're probably actually i could probably let you guess on a couple of them britzker's in there no i said senators not governors Oh, senators. Oh. Um, Just go ahead. All right. The senators that signed this letter were Edward Markey, Democrat, Massachusetts, Dick Blumenthal, Democrat, Connecticut, Cory Booker, Democrat, New Jersey, Chris Murphy, Democrat, Connecticut, and, of course, our favorite gun-banning senator, Dianne Feinstein. In the letter, the senators peppered the shippers with 20 questions and document requests, including the number of firearms the carriers have shipped during the last five years, uh, policing the carriers have in place to secure firearm shipments and prevent loss and theft, how carriers define firearm, whether uh, imitation firearms, frames, receivers, ammunition, silencers are included in that definition, and records of records that firm keep and maintain of lost and stolen shipments and records that firm keep and maintain regarding packages containing firearms. The letter was sent on May 19th to UPS, FedEx, and the U.S. Postal Service and trucking and rail carriers located in the United States and Canada. Oh man, this is, this is, this is something here. Um, I mean, it's it's just absolutely insane here that the it's the same gun control lunatic freaking gun grabbers. Diane Feinstein's been in office for 80 flipping years and there hasn't been one gun control she hasn't attempted or tried at least three times. And here we have another case of blaming anyone that they possibly can aside from the criminal. Well, you know. The thing is this, and, and again, like I said, it's it's the classic 
well, you know, if you didn't wear that skirt and you didn't look so beautiful, you wouldn't have got raped. Right. Well, you know what? That doesn't negate the fact that people are stealing property that isn't theirs. Right. It's not theirs to have. It's not like you're they're magically going out and ordering firearms and they're showing up on their doorstep. You can't do that. That's illegal. All right. You have to go through a, a, a federal background check in order to purchase your firearm. So these are firearms that are destined for FFLs, for f- federal firearms licensed dealers. That's what these firearms are destined for. They're not going to people's homes. All right. No, because you can't get a firearm shipped to your home. No, you can't unless you're an FFL. Yeah, you have to you have to be an FFL to do yeah, that. That's like I cannot if you if I wanted to send you a firearm, I can't just throw it in the mailbox and send it to you. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as I know, as far as person to person goes, um, you can't ship firearms through you go into any post office, there'll be a site that says what you can't ship. Right. And And firearms and ammunition is one of them. It's right on the top of the list. Right. (laughs) It's right on the top of the list. Um, So this isn't person to person type stuff. No, this is, these are criminals breaking it. And I, and I would say this, wasn't it not too long ago that we saw all of those rail cars being broken into in California? Right. Hey, uh, Diane, what are you doing about that in your home state? that's where I would begin. And here's the kicker union Pacific, which is one of the big railroads out there. Mm-hmm. They're about ready to stop shipping into Southern California. I don't blame them. Like, you know what? And, and Nick, remember what you said about Indiana on the last show when they were blaming Indiana for all the problems. And why do you think Northwest Indiana will not sell to Illinois residents? Because we're getting tired of getting blamed for the problems in Chicago. Right. Well, that's essentially what you're going to see happening here. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Union Pacific, FedEx, and them say, "You know what? We're just not going to we're not going to do this anymore because we're not going to take the blame for your failed policies." Right. And I mean, it, it, folks, this is nothing that these people they, they haven't met a gun control they don't like. And their failures, instead of saying, hey, you know what, this doesn't work, maybe we should prosecute criminals that are breaking into rail cars, you know what they're instead doing? Well, you know, we're going to go ahead and punish the U.S. Postal Service and FedEx and... uh, Right. Which is funny because FedEx and UPS have nothing to do with the federal government. No. The only one that does is the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. So, I mean... What kind of regulations can you put on UPS and FedEx without getting yourself sued? Right. You can't regulate them. They're not federalized. So, I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, and and of course, when I look through here, um, seeing Booker and Feinstein and Blumenthal, I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's nothing new. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. Um, And basically what they're trying to do here, and the National Shooting Sports Foundation responded to this, uh, they asked which dealers are being canceled. Uh, That's what they're wanting to know, which dealers are being canceled. And they said it would be everybody. Um, The mass cancellation, it's a blanket ban. It's basically what it is. It's it's a blanket ban, and Mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to do. You see Mm – I think it's safe to say, and I think you would agree with this, Nick, that 
they're not just trying, they, they realize they can't get nothing through Congress. They know they can't get nothing. You know, they're probably going, wow, we can't get anything past the Supreme court now. Right. So we're going to have to come up with other ways to get these, these bans in place. That's why you're seeing them do things like this. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the other thing about it is too, is, is that, you know, they start off when they first write these bills, they write them as extreme as they can possibly get them so that they can let the other, the opposition, you know, compromise, you know, they can compromise with the opposition to, to their particular bill down to a level that's, you know, what they, they consider more reasonable. Mm -hmm. So they, they still get the win. They get the restriction. Yeah. I yeah, mean that's I mean, what it, that's what it boils down to. It's kind of kind of like negotiations. Like if you're trying to sell something to a private individual like sell a car, you know, let's say you want $2000 for the car, you put a $2500 price tag on it, you let them talk you down. Then you still get what you want. Yeah. I mean it's it's the classic thing and and you know the thing too like as far as they're banning like they're trying to ban the AR15. As we brought up on this show numerous times, more people are killed with hands and feet than are rifles of any kind. Of any kind. So why do they continue to go after the rifles? Because they want to see if they can get it to stick. Right. If they can get a ban on assault weapons, air quotes, assault weapons, and it sticks and the Supreme Court upholds it, what do you think their next step's going to be? Yeah, they're going to go to handguns next. They're going to, okay, now we're going to go after handguns. Right, because because the ban on the assault w- rifles provides legal legal precedent, historic legal precedent, like in the Buren case. It would establish historical legal precedent so that they could go ahead and go and put those restrictions on handguns as well. And, folks, I'm gonna. I've been telling you this for five years. Next year is going to be our sixth year on the air. Mm-hmm. Five years, I've been telling you guys. It doesn't ever stop. And yeah. how do I have proof of this? Joe Biden did a press conference today. One of the far, the Parkland fathers interrupted Joe Biden's speech, screaming, the bipartisan gun control bill is not enough. They had to physically remove this man from the Rose Garden because he got up and interrupted the president and said, it's not enough. So these gun control people, these people that want your guns, it never stops. Right. And I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I I make the case that they should have let him speak. Well, it, Joe Biden doesn't like to be interrupted because Joe Biden yelled at him and told him to sit down. Well, that's and just was, because you're the president of the United States doesn't mean he doesn't have a Second Amendment right anymore. Not a Second Amendment, but First Amendment right. He has well, a grievance with his government and he is taking it up. Right. But how does Joe Biden see himself in the government? Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Exactly. He but this is just another example of he, him believing that he is the all powerful. Yeah, and the the father was uh, Manuel Oliver. His uh, child was killed at Parkland. He's he's turned into a he's turned into another Fred Guttenberg. I mean, 
if if you wanted to be an honest to goodness leader of the free world you would have stood there and you would have let the man speak yeah no nope. secret service you... removed secret service removed them but the point that it is is that this guy since parkland has been working with the gun control groups and they're never satisfied no they're never satisfied. That's why we can never be satisfied. That's why we, that's why people like me won't compromise. We've compromised enough. I won't compromise at all. My generation compromised the way my gun rights. I'm fighting to get them back. Right. That's what we're doing. That's why I do this because my generation screwed up and get, and gave up my rights. I do this to get it back. And there are so many who are like me that do that. Right. You were getting ready to say you were going to break, right? Yeah, we are going to break in 15 seconds. So, I mean, we're we're getting there. Uh, When we get back, we're going to bring up uh, New York uh, State Sheriff's Association blasting Democrats. You're going to want to stay by and listen to that. Hello, folks. Jason Reeve here. If you're looking for a great firearm, Six Hour is a great place to start. SIG is the makers of the P320 and the P365. In fact, the P320 has replaced the M9 as the sidearm of the United States Army. But SIG just doesn't make pistols. Oh no, they make shotguns, bolt-action rifles, and semi-automatic rifles, all to fit your firearm's needs. And if you're looking for training, well, you can sign up for the SIG Sauer Academy. Visit SIGSauer.com to browse firearms or sign up for training. That's SigSour.com. Sig Sour. Never settle. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. This is Erin, founder of Freedom 515, and you're listening to the American Gun Show. Now back to Jason Reeve. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Before we get going in this segment here, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, Nick. Um, okay. Thursday, are you going to be available to be on the show with me, Aaron, and John? I should be able to. All right. It's going to be a it's going to be a good show. We're going to have a 
we're going to have ourselves a little round table and, uh, you know, don't know where it goes to be honest with you. I think, uh, I'm not even going to write no notes down or anything. I'm just going to let it go. That's perfectly fine. I think we should have a fine time. And I I think that'd be a a really, I think that'd be a really good time. Uh, So guys, if you're listening or watching the show uh, this Thursday, uh, John from uh, Freedom 515 and TikTok, he does 60 second news clips every day. Um, If you guys aren't following him, sincerely not John (laughs) 2.0. You can't go 1.0 anymore. Sincerely, John, he got in trouble, but uh, we'll, 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 We'll give him a little bit of crap about that. And then, of course, Erin, uh, the founder of Freedom 515, she will be here as well. And so we'll just I, – I think I'm just going to let it roll. Yeah, that should be that should be a, a quite a fun time. Probably. I haven't talked with John for a while, so I didn't, I didn't realize he got banned. That would be why I haven't seen him pop up on my news feed. Yeah, well, he's got sincerely John 2.0. Um, yeah, he got in. He got into a little bit of trouble on the communist network known as TikTok, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, Aaron was Aaron was shadow banned for a while too, so you know, we we know how it goes for people that have different ideas than the liberal one. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Speaking of which, uh, New York Sheriff's Association blasts Democrats on the new gun control law. Uh, once again, New York state legislation has passed sweeping new criminal justice laws that affect the rights of millions of New York citizens. Uh, oh, wait a second. That's, uh, I'm reading the wrong thing here. Dang. Okay. There we go. Scrolled a little too far. Uh, of course, New York passed new gun control laws, which would require you submitting three years of your social mystery, uh, social, social mystery. <laughs> Social media history. Yes, social media history in order for them to determine if you are a good person to get a gun. Here's the full statement from the Sheriff's Association of New York. Once again, the New York State Legislature has seen fit to pass sweeping new criminal justice laws that affect the rights of millions of New York citizens and which impose burdensome new duties on local government officials without any constitutional or consultation from the people who would be responsible for carrying out the provisions of these new laws. This has become a habit of the legislature and has resulted in other criminal justice disasters, such as the New York so-called bail reform law. Some actions by the legislature was necessarily to fill the firearms licensing vacuum created by the Supreme Court's uh, decision in Buren with the unconstitutional restrictions on our citizens' right to keep and bear arms. But it did not need to be thoughtless, reactionary, just to make a political statement. The new firearm law language first saw the light of day on Friday morning and was signed later Friday afternoon. A parliamentary ruse was used to circumvent the requirement in our state constitution that legislatures and the public must have three days to study and discuss proposed legislation before it can be taken up for a vote. The legislature's leadership claimed that the and the governor agreed that it was a necessity to pass the bill immediately without waiting the constitutional requirements or required three days, even though the law would not take effect for another two months. Woo! Sheriff's Association just went. Mm-hmm. They just said, wait a second here. 
what you're doing violates our state constitution. Right. See, this goes back to that whole authoritarian talk that we've had before. Governor Hochul, the state legislatures, according to the New York Constitution, you have three days to propose something. The public has to be made aware. And then you can take it up for a vote. Kathy Hochul and the Democrats of the New York State Legislation just threw their middle finger up to the people of New York and said, I don't really care what you think. I'm doing this anyway. Right. And now the oldest law, the oldest elected place elected position in our country is crying foul. Right. And with any good reason. Oh, and by the way, um, who can enforce, who's supposed to enforce these laws? Um, they can force law enforcement to do it, but they cannot, they cannot force your sheriff to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Your sheriff is a constitutionally elected individual. He actually has the authority to look at the state legislature and say, that law is unconstitutional and you need to prove to me that it is constitutional before I enforce it. Nick, does this... This almost sounds like we could start seeing a sanctuary movement in New York. Quite possibly, yes. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. Well, I mean, really, realistically speaking, if you look outside of, if you look outside of Albany and New York City, New York's bright red. Well, yeah, it's just like New York, California, and Illinois all have the exact same thing going on. All right. Their major metropolitan areas that are Democrat controlled dictate the policies and politics in the entirety of the state, even though the majority of the area of the state, because it is rural and not densely populated like these metropolitan areas, do not agree with these policies. I I think that, you know, we might be seeing the. With these sheriffs that they might be saying, you know what, I'm not enforcing this. This is going to be a Second Amendment sanctuary because a lot of these sheriffs are probably, like you said, they're from those rural areas. Mm -hmm. You know, we're used to this here in Indiana because we live in the rural areas. I mean, North Jetson has a a small police force where I live, but Mm -hmm. I live outside town limits. So realistically, the jurisdiction that is over my property is by the sheriff. Right. Not the North Jetson police. But the the thing is, is that the sheriff, Indiana could pass a law and the sheriff could be like, I'm not enforcing it. Right. And you can't make, and you cannot make a sheriff do it. No. The supreme law enforcement authority within a county is the sheriff. The president can't even come make him do it. The president can come down and order him to do it, or he was going to do it himself and he can arrest the president for that. Yep. He has that authority. He is the supreme law enforcement authority. If there is a town within that within that county, the municipality tries to enforce that law and the and the and the sheriff does not agree with it. He can arrest the chief of police for enforcing that law. The thing is here with Kathy Hochul and the New York state legislature, this was again, you know, why did it have to be? Why did it have to be reactionary? Well, it was a necessity, a necessity for what? What does it solve? 
And you know what their answer is? Well, it's it's for the safety of of the people of New York. No, it's not. It's for the fact that your gun control scheme that you had to keep guns away from law-abiding people just blew up in your face. So now you had to quickly come up with another way to do it. Right. And the sheriff association called you out on it. Right. The sheriff association called you out on it because, see, that's the thing. The sheriffs in in the state they fall under the neath the judicial branch whereas the police departments indiana state police you know your your local police departments they fall under the executive branch your local police department answers to your mayor the state police answers to the governor you know what i mean but the sheriff's office they're elected they fall under the neath the judicial branch their first their first and primary duty is to be an agent of the court. That's why the sheriff comes out and delivers summons. Well, the thing, and I, I, you know, we don't need to get into the weeds on what a sheriff does. The, the point that I'm trying to make here is that they're saying, look, you did not follow the constitutional process right. of the New York state constitution. They called him out for that. And Kathy, right. and Kathy Hochul basically said, I don't care what the constitution of New York says. Well, and, and and the point that I was making is I totally understand exactly where you're going is the point that I was making was to 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 try to show the gravity of the situation because the sheriffs absolutely 100 percent have the authority. Well, yeah, we know that to stop it. Where I'm trying to go before we get to the break is that, you know, this is this could this is a big problem that we have in with Democrats all across this country is that mm-hmm. states have their own constitutions that mimic or are pretty damn close to the federal constitution. And these sheriffs swear an oath to protect their state and federal constitution. And they're literally saying, hey, look, and we this is not the first time we've seen this, folks. We have seen other sheriffs in other states saying, hey, wait a second, you guys can't be doing this. You're not following the state constitution. You are not following the rules that, the people that founded this state said we were going to follow. Right. And they're like, we don't care. We, we don't care. I'm, I'm the governor. I can do whatever the hell I want. It's what got that Cuomo was famous for that. Mm-hmm. And keep it in point. Here's the thing. The sheriff's association, they're also alluding to another issue that happened in New York, the safe act, which was New York's premier gun control scheme. They passed it in the middle of the night. So this is this is a big, big problem. Big problem that we're seeing. And people in New York, California, Illinois, pay attention because they're doing this stuff intentionally. It has nothing. You, go go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say, and if you don't start voting different, it's not gonna change. It's not gonna stop. Nope. This is this is why we say the authoritarianism that's in the Democrat Party. That's why we brought up authoritarianism. This is what it looks like. Hey, I don't care what the Constitution says. I'm doing it anyway. And you're going to like it and you're going to do what I tell you. Otherwise, I'm going to punish you for it. Like I said, it, it is coming to a point in this country where good people are going to have to start making some tough decisions. Mm hmm. Because we need to show these elected officials, you aren't in charge. Mm-mm. We are. That day, I believe, is rapidly coming. Yeah. All right, folks, we will be right back after this.
Looking for a new firearm but don't know where to start? Well look no further than Taurus. Taurus has a variety of firearms from revolvers to semi-automatics. These firearms include the Defender 856, the G2C, the all-new G3, and the TX-22 2019's Guns and Ammo Handgun of the Year. Taurus firearms are reliable and reasonably priced. Go to TaurusUSA.com to browse their selection of firearms. Taurus Firearms, designed to protect. Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. As a veteran, I thought I knew a lot about guns until I joined the USCCA. I then realized how much I didn't know about guns or concealed carry. The training I got from the USCCA not only helped my marksmanship, but also my decision making and my confidence. If you are in need of this life-saving training, it's simple. All you have to do is go to uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. Hello, Jason Reef here, and as a veteran, I know the struggle of being discharged from the military and readjusting to civilian life. Unfortunately, this is a battle that many of our veterans have to face. Suicide rates among veterans are 22 a day and are likely to climb. That is why the American Gun Show is a supporter of Mission 22. Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to healing our American veterans when they need it the most, right now. Mission 22 offers treatment for post-traumatic stress syndrome and traumatic brain injury and all other issues our veterans are facing today. Visit Mission 22 to donate. Mission 22, when their tour is over, our mission begins. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Visit uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And we're going to spend the remaining half hour uh, going through some hate mail. Oh, uh, yay. We, this is my favorite part. We, uh, of course, if you guys listened to the last show, we kind of really stirred up the hornet's nest a little bit here. Um, particularly when we did that segment about women's right, uh, women have less rights than guns and some of the statements that we made and apparently people can't understand satire or sarcasm or anything along them lines, but we did get some emails. Um, this, this is probably one of my favorites here. Um, you're, you're going to love this one. Um, Uh, this is from Go Fornicate Yourself. Apparently, they didn't want to use their real name, but I don't know. Maybe their name is Go Fornicate Yourself. Um, God, they must have had some evil parents. Um, <laughs> how dare you guys come on the radio and say that you are the voice of freedom and the voice of reason when you're nothing more than a bunch of misogynist, white, racist pieces of turds? Human excrement. Yeah. Uh, air quotes. Um, <laughs> how, 
how can you sit here and say things like women have to be banned from being a certain weight uh, because it's the same as a high capacity magazine, how we have to get serial numbers on our uterus and have a, have a permit for you to take us outside. What do you think this is? Afghanistan, you guys should be ashamed of yourself and I hope you get canceled. Go fornicate yourself. <laughs> In response to that, I would like for you to go to Google and type in what is the definition of sarcasm? You know, um, one of the things we were trying to do here, folks, is, you know, we don't spend a lot of times on the Dobb decision. I know we, we did a couple weeks ago and that's because mm-hmm. it was, it was a huge deal. It was a huge right. deal. And what we were kind of really going at was look at the violence that we're going to start seeing. I mean, you had Jane's Revenge out there saying, we're targeting you pro-life places. We're coming after you. Right. I mean, hell, they, they just ran Brett Kavanaugh out of a... St- you know, interesting, I said this to uh, Sammy earlier today. They ran Justice Kavanaugh out of a steakhouse over the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know what my first thought was? How much was he paying for that steak? Right. I mean, I'm sitting here like, because you know steakhouses, they ain't no... They're nothing they to shake no a stick at. You ain't getting a $10 steak. No, you are not getting a $10 steak. All right? I will tell you, there is a steakhouse. You know it. You know the steakhouse in Valparaiso, Kelsey's Steakhouse. I will tell you right now, if you and the pink Glock girl went up there to have a meal, just the two of you, you're not... You, it's a bill and a half. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Minimum. Spending, spending probably over uh, three digits easily. Oh, it's um, yeah. Oh no, it's one hundred and fifty dollars minimum. Oh well, there you go. And um, that was that was oh five six years ago. It was oh, so that was before inflation. So it's probably yeah. somewhere around like five hundred bucks now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, incredibly you know, good, but no, incredibly expensive. You know what's interesting about this email and why why it doesn't matter and why this person doesn't matter. Because their only argument that they can make is that we're just a bunch of white misogynist racists. Right. It's the fact that they completely missed the fact that we were making fun of the absurdity of the argument that guns have more rights than women do. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's just I, I thought you would like that one, mm-hmm. um, particularly you stirred up a lot. I, I, I think we angered some of the more husky and fluffier women out there. Hey, listen, I'm going to be right here right now. I'm going to say this right here right now. Thick thighs save lives. I'm I, I got no problem in admitting that at all whatsoever. You know, that comment that I made. All right. Was not a comment to say that, you know, I think women should be some sort of rail thin magazine supermodel type. No, it was to demonstrate that if you take that same logical ideology that says that guns have more rights than women and continue on with it, that is the absurd level that you would have to go to. To equalize the situation. That's yeah. the point that I'm trying. To, that was the point that I was trying to make. And you completely missed it. You completely missed the point. The person who wrote this email completely missed the point. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the the, the thing is really, the, the thing about it is that, you know, we were having a little bit of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And 
the reason we were having a little bit of fun, was it at the expense of somebody? Yeah, it was at the expense of the liberal ideology that women have less rights than guns. Last I checked, there were 22,000 laws on guns. No laws on women. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head if there was any laws for women. There aren't any. I I couldn't tell you, but the the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we were having a little bit of fun with it and showing the absurdity of the argument because that's what they, they were doing was this was the absurdity of it. And we called it, I mean, Dana Perito, Dana Perito even called it and mm-hmm. said that, uh, you know, that when the New York state decision came out, when the Buren decision came out, she said on the five, they're saying that this is unconstitutional, that the states have a right to do this. And then tomorrow she said, if the Dobbs decision comes out, they're going to sit here and go, well, no, no, wait a second. That's not a state right issue. And it was completely, right. and it, the, the liberal left completely got it backwards. They completely got it backwards. All right. Your health care. All right. Does not fall under the jurisdiction of the federal government. That is something that is done by the state. If it needs to be regulated. All right. Your, um, and the reason why it's a state issue is is because any doctor that is trying to practice or nurse that is trying to practice medicine in a particular state does not they do not file to the federal government to get a license to practice they file it with the state the state controls that well the bottom line is this folks and and you know Nick's absolutely right they don't file for a federal license they file for a state license yes and the Supreme Court came out and said, you have no constitutional right to an abortion, but we do have a constitutional right to a gun. So right. I know it sucks, but, you know, um, go fornicate yourself. Uh, suck it up, buttercup. All right. Next email here. This was an, this was another good one. <laughs> this whole idea that the right to keep and bear arms, I can I can get behind. I am a conservative. And I also believe that in reasonable gun control legislation, things like background checks, things like registration. I mean, come on, we register our cars, we register our motorcycles, our boats, our house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line is that these are reasonable measures that I believe as a gun owner can save lives. I don't know why you guys completely disagree with that, but I see it this way and it would take more people like me and we could get this figured out versus having people like you who fight against everything that the government tries to impose. This is John from San Jose, California. Well, John, uh, I want first, thanks for the email. Um, you're a FUD. I, you beat me to it. You're, <laughs> you're not a conservative. You're a FUD. You're a FUD. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. And this is why you're a FUD. And I, I truly believe this because I am a person, and I know Nick is this person. We are constitutionalists. We believe that that piece of paper in Washington, D.C., the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, those are not just constitutionally protected rights. They're God-given rights. You have a right to defend yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what the Second Amendment is about. You have a life, you have the right to preserve your life and the lives of your loved ones. 
And the yes. reason I call you a FUD is if you're the type of person that comes out and says, I support the Second Amendment, but you don't support anything. Absolutely. And here's the thing, John. All right. Everything that you just spilled out, spelled out in that email, the state of California has. How well does it work? It doesn't. All right. It is a it is a waste of state and federal taxpayer dollars to go that particular direction. Plain and simple. All right. Regardless of whether you believe in firearms or don't believe in firearms, whether you think it'll help or don't think it'll help. We know it doesn't help. We know it doesn't work. And we're wasting taxpayer dollars on doing these things rather than actually getting down and sitting down and talking about what we could do to change the culture in the United States so that we don't have these crazy people running around with firearms. Okay. I will agree with you. There are people out there who do not deserve to have firearms. Absolutely. All right. But the pro but you're not going to fix that with background checks and registration. Because these same crazy people that are running around firearms committing crimes with them don't care how many laws. Google the definition of criminal. Merriam-Webster defines criminal as someone who has no regard for law. So I don't care how many laws you pass. They're just going to continue to break them. Well, here's the interesting thing, Nick. You, you brought up California, right? Right. Uh, I saw a very interesting statistic out today. California is rated number one for gun control laws. That's yeah. from Giffords, Every Town from Gun Safety, New York Times, LA Times, blah, 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 blah. You know what else they're number one in? Crime? No. What? Active shooter situations. Oh, really? So you have the most gun-controlled state in California, but they also have the most active shooter incidents. Which means all those laws that they said were going to protect you has Don't. not slowed down any of the active shooters. Not at all. And that has been compiled over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Interesting study. But the, we, the fact... And the thing about it is too, John, I want you to understand, all right? We don't just fight for it because we're the average cisgender white male. We want it for everybody. Everybody. So I don't care what your skin tone is. All right. If you are an African-American individual living in the projects, you have the right to a firearm to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. 100 percent. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't care what you defend your life with. If you have to defend your life with a knife, a gun, a chair, whatever. Absolutely. You, you have, have a right it. to defend your life. Yes. And I don't care who it is that's trying to take it. I don't care if it's the federal government. I don't care if it's the police. I don't care if it's another individual on the street. You have the right to life, regardless of what you look like or what your gender is. Yep, that's plain and simple. We're not fighting this just for us. We're fighting We're fighting it for everybody. All right, folks, we're going to take a time out. When we get back, more of your emails. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? 
They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. Are you looking for an iconic firearm to add to your collection? Well, look no further than Beretta Firearms. Beretta is the oldest firearms manufacturer in the world, supplying firearms as far back as 1650. In fact, the Beretta 92FS was the primary sidearm for the U.S. Armed Forces. Beretta has all types of handguns, rifles, and shotguns to fit your needs, whether it be home defense or concealed carry. Handgun options include the 92 px4 storm and the new apx series beretta is known for reliability and effectiveness that's why so many military and law enforcement have relied on beretta visit beretta.com to view their selections beretta win the fight A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series, have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Foundation. Join or donate at saf.org. Now back to the defender of your gun rights, Jason Reed. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. This came in right before the break from Kyle in the CV. Rural deer hunter here. If you're cool with no restrictions on guns, why would you support anti-freedom laws for women? I'm not sure what anti-freedom laws he's talking about. I asked him during the break what anti-freedom laws, so I'm going to go ahead and assume he's talking about the Dobbs decision. That's correct. So how about we go over it this way? You have no constitutional right to an abortion. Period. Where does it say anywhere in the Constitution you have a right to an abortion? It doesn't say it anywhere. The purpose, the purpose of the Dobbs decision wasn't even really so much whether or not you had a constitutional right. It's based off of the fact that there is no federal authority there. None. That is not an enumerated power to the federal government. Just like doctors don't appeal to the federal government to get their, their license to practice. Nurses don't do that. All that stuff goes through the state. All right. 
you want to know something? I'm going to take this in a different direction. It's not an anti-freedom. It's not anti-freedom laws. It's actually freedom because now the decision is in you, the voters hand, not the federal government. That's what freedom and something that liberals like to say all the time. Democracy. That's what it is. Hey, he commented back. There is no precedent, no law. Therefore, there should be no regulation. They're not regulating anything. The states get to make that decision. It's not about the federal government regulating it. It's about the state that you're in regulating it. And if the state that you're in, that's why voting in your state elections are more important than voting in federal elections. Right. If you want abortion in your state, you rally people and you vote for candidates that want abortion. If your state rallies people that doesn't want abortion and the more votes come in, then there you go. That's freedom. He's, he, he, he said, I agree. I think maybe potentially Kyle may have missed some other parts of the show and some other shows where we discuss this. You know, it's, it's, it, we, we are constitutionalists. All right. That's where we're at. Okay. So the federal government does not need to be involved in it. If it is not in the, if it is not in the U S constitution, it's not a specifically enumerated power to the, to the federal government. All right. So it does, it doesn't belong in the hands of the federal government. We do not need to scream to the federal government to take up authority that they don't have because by doing so, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. We've seen it over the past 250 years. That's what they do. All right. So what this was, so what the Dobbs decision did was it, it yanked federal, it yanked authority back away from the federal government and says, you have no constitutional basis for this authority. It goes back to the states and the states handle it. Okay. And then with it being a state issue, now the state voter has the power with their vote to dictate legislation in their state. You as a individual in the state, like you said, Kyle, you are an Illinois resident. Illinois has a referendum program. Okay. You can take this particular situation. You get enough signatures on a petition across the state of Illinois and turn it into the state legislature and they have to put a referendum on the ballot for a bill that either codifies abortion or does not codify abortion or bans it. One of the two. You can do that. You have that authority. You can't do that on a federal level, but you can on a state level. That's why it's more freedom. Exactly. That's why why the Supreme Court kicking it back to the states gave the freedom back to the people and not the federal government because the fed- the Supreme Court understands the federal government, they, the people in Washington, this Republican and Democrat, they think they know better than you. They think you know what's, that, what's better for you. And that ain't the case. Each state's different. Each state does things differently. What works in Illinois isn't going to work in Arizona. What works in Maine isn't going to work in Indiana. Right. And that's the way it's supposed to be state by state. And it's not just abortion that it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be all kinds of things. 
you know, um, you know, EPA regulations on farming in the state of Indiana is are should be wildly different than what they might be in Wyoming or California. Okay, because things are different. You know what I mean? Here in Indiana, we don't generally have a water shortage like they do in California. So obviously in California, they're going to have restrictions on how much water you can use and how much irrigation and restrictions on that. Indiana, they don't have that. All right. We don't we don't live and operate and have our lives in an area, you know, that that, that is the same as California. All right. Uh, last email here. This is from Deborah in oh, Virginia. Ooh. Jason and Nick, we've seen things change here in Virginia over the last few months. And I must say for the better. One of the big mistakes that I made was voting for Ralph Northam and voting for the Democrat candidates running for the state legislature. Boy, was I wrong. They came after guns, then attempted to come after the First Amendment, and who knows what Northam would have did if some really moderate Democrats stood up to him in the state legislature. What people need to understand is this. The Democrats do not have your best interest in, in mind. Neither do some Republicans. It's better that you vote for the candidate that shares your interest, and if they don't, Virginia proved it. We show why we vote them out. Deborah, thanks for the email. You know, it's it's the, the fact of the matter is that we did see a huge shift in Virginia uh, in the election this year. And one of the big reasons why was because of what Ralph Northam was. So, you know, that's, we saw it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, there you go. You have a state of, of people who did not like the direction that their state was going in and they rallied together and they voted and they changed it. Um, and that's the other thing too. You know, we saw in Virginia, uh, after Northam was elected and he started pushing the gun control and started going after the first amendment, the people, you know, a lot of people started leaving the state as well. You know, I think that, um, I don't think it was necessarily the gun issue that was the big factor, um, in Virginia. What I think mm -hmm. it was, was when they were pushing the CRT mm -hmm. in the schools, cause that's what really whipped the suburban moms at a frenzy. And right. they were like, Oh no, 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 no. Uh, did the First Amendment and Second Amendment issues in Virginia, did it have something to play into it? Yeah. Yeah. But typically suburban moms, they tend to vote Democrat. And I mm -hmm. think we're seeing a huge swing away from that now. Right. You know, we we were seeing in the suburban neighborhoods, you know, a lot of the suburban neighborhoods, they were voting ideology and not policy. And they're start a lot of these suburban families are starting to realize that, you know what, maybe ideologically, I agree with some of these, these Democrats, but policy wise, their policies fail in achieving those ideological goals. So I'm going to go for policy, not ideology. I think that, you know, when we talk about the future of, the future of uh, the country here. I think what's really going to be on the ballot this year 
there's a lot of, I, I know the Democrats are trying to make the abortion issue the main issue going into the midterms. But what I think is really going to happen is that you're going to see, um, you're going to wind up seeing, uh, you know, inflation is going to be on the ballot. Um, you know, cost of gas, cost of food, cost of living. Uh, crime is going to be another issue that I think is going to be there. So um, I, I really do think that these policies, and, and let's, let me make this very clear here, folks. It's not that there aren't good moderate Democrats out there. It's the fact that these Democrats are being bullied and persuaded by the woke left. And that's where the problem really is. Right. It's these woke left people like AOC that are bullying the moderates like like a Joe Manchin or a Kristen Sinema or, you know, your your state legislature Democrat who's really a really good guy and has your best interest in heart. That's the problem that we're seeing. And as they're finding out, this woke thing isn't working out for them. Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, right. we're seeing, we're, we're seeing a huge change here. Uh, by woke, what do we mean? Uh, that's a term that's kind of, that they, they kind of threw out that we're woke now. Um, that they, they see that, you know, the capitalism and, you know, certain freedoms, they're not, they're woke, not good. Woke refers to the authoritarian far left. The people who believe that they have it all figured out and that they can force you under threat of punishment in some way, shape or form, whether that be violence or jail or whatever, to believe what they believe regardless of whether that policy works or not. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's just the, you know, unfortunately that's what we're contending with. And realistically too. And, you know, one of my mentors pointed this out. There are people now that are starting to vote that have been used to getting their way. Yes. And they're not used to not getting their way. They're not used to losing. So that is also a big problem. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that we have to contend with now. All right, folks, we have run out of time for this edition of the American Gun Show. We will be back Thursday, 9 p.m. for a, a big roundtable discussion here on the American Gun Show. I'm not even going to take notes. I'm just going to let it ride. We'll see how much fun that would be. Till we meet again on the radio or on the stream, take care of one another, stay safe, and remember, it's our rights, our fight.